The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design. The Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power in captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Happy Friday, a football Friday. Very excited. This slate, not as exciting as some others, but we are going to look at some props in this segment. Joining us now is John Daigle from 4 for 4 Football and BetSports. You can follow him on X at NotJDaigle. <laughs> I know you're an X handle or Twitter handle uh, because I was DMing you about that Nico Collins bet we were on. And I was joking that I had to call out sick because I bet my mortgage on that prop. But uh, no, you should bet responsibly. I uh, put a little too much on that. And we were just a week too early. I loved that bet. I was obsessed with that bet. Should have known. Tank Dell. I'm, I'm not kidding. That was the first time all year. It's only been four games, but literally the one game out of four, he's been under a 20% target share. All his other games, he's earned the targets and gotten there. Of course, the one that we have our net worth on is the one he fails. Uh, and I know you weren't even trying to set this up, and it's not a bit aired, uh, but please be responsible like I'm going to do this week. I was not last time, and I do actually think it's another week to bet over on Nico Collins. Again, not a bit at all. And it is as simple as the Falcons running the second highest rate of man coverage. And in terms of yard per route run this year among all receivers, the top two guys are Marvin Mims, whose team won't play him at all, despite arguably being the best <laughs> receiver on that entire team. Mm -hmm. And then second in yards per route running its man coverage, it is none other than Nico Collins himself. 
He is back to Honest one week before Friday the 13th, but maybe next week oh, when we're talking gosh. about him, it's because we are successful with his success against man coverage. That's amazing. I want to talk about the London game between the Jaguars and the Bills. And this is so odd. You know, it's really unprecedented in a lot of ways because Buffalo is flying in or he flew they flew in yesterday. Meanwhile, the Jaguars have been in London for more than a week now, second consecutive game across the pond. I'm curious if those conditions make betting on props that much trickier or if there is some that some dynamic or some trend you think overwhelms any potential jet lag or disadvantage there. I do think it's a slight advantage for the Jaguars, who, as you even mentioned, are now doing this in back-to-back games. It's so cruel that the NFL, as we know, just follows the money, but the Bills dominate the Dolphins, and their reward now for Josh Allen's best game of his career against a divisional opponent is hosting the Jaguars in London. Makes zero sense whatsoever. But I'm still slightly worried, so I am on the Jaguars on this side, and I'm playing the number. But it's like the worst number I have. I don't even like suggesting it to people because it's just so (laughs) ugly. And it's mostly because it's the Jaguars offense. Like even in beating down the Falcons, big deal, 23 to 7. Like we all saw that they got seven of their points on the defensive side of the ball. And right now it's not even Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence by all advanced numbers is just fine. It's really just a matter of his receivers and offense letting him down as a whole. But we're still expecting uh, to get an offensive line back for him this week. We also think, given that Tredavious White's absent on defense, unfortunately, that maybe it opens the door a little bit more for Calvin Ridley to have more success. So no prop in particular. The Bills are also still bottom five in explosive rate of 10-yard runs allowed on the ground. And we've seen Travis Etienne explode in easier opportunities. So I do think the Jaguars cover, uh, and I'm hoping they knock the rust off in this one. A couple situations, John, where we have the quarterbacks on the field, but we know they're not 100% healthy just based on how they're playing. So Bengals, props with totals or anything there, um, what are you doing with them as we continue to wait and wait to see the old Burrow? And then, oh, cars in, cars out, cars in, cars out. He ends up playing obviously hurt refused to push it down the field even a little bit what are you doing with the saints are you assuming that car is going to naturally be better a week later it's so square but i do like the cardinals i i don't know where bet mgm moved it to i, I got it as cardinals being th- uh, at the three points on monday And again, it just seems so square that it makes me feel fishy with the bet. But at the same time, if you look at their slate of opponents, like the Cardinals have been the better team. Just the fact they're still top 10 in yards per play to this point, and they have the Cowboys and 49ers in the rearview mirror. The Cardinals were that drop Zach Ertz touchdown away on the final drive from being 4-0 against the spread. That's the one reason they didn't cover against the 49ers. And I understand they got the doors blowed off of them, but they still would have been great against the number at least. And now this Bengals offense is, as you mentioned, Joe, I just don't know because, yes, Joe Burrow is very clearly injured despite what they're telling us. But at the same time, the Titans understood that and blitzed him on 33% of his dropbacks last week. And he's immobile right now. He cannot escape the mm-hmm. pocket. But Jonathan Gannon and the Cardinals played their defense. They always have. Jonathan Gannon with the Eagles never changed anything up either. And that is not consistent blitzing whatsoever. Hence why the Cardinals are a bottom five blitz team this season. And so if that's the case and the Cardinals play their defense and stay back, 
I do wonder if Joe Burrow maybe can move the ball to have just enough success to make me look stupid and think that this number was far too square. So I, I'm on the Cardinals laying the points. Uh, I also like Josh Dobbs rushing overs. We've seen the last three games in particular. He's reached 21 carries, 12 carries just last week, and he now suddenly has the fifth highest design rushing rate among all quarterbacks in the league. So I also really like Josh Dobbs rushing yards over for that one. Moving on to the heart of darkness in the Saints and Patriots, where who knows who gets there <laughs> in that game. It's just unfortunate because Derek Carr's very clear injury that we all know allowed Alvin Kamara to have 13 catches um, also tanked Chris Olave because otherwise yeah. it would be an amazing matchup for Chris Olave. But I don't know if he gets those targets downfield or those air yards. It was the first time all year his target share dipped below 30%, and I don't blame him. I just blame Derek Carr not being able to throw downfield with that shoulder injury. Thus, Alvin Kamara gets hammered behind the line of scrimmage. Even his Carr's passing chart looked like that. So I would you would think that the Saints can probably cover the number, especially when you look around, you see the the Matt Judon injury, the Christian Gonzalez, who was trying to gear up to take down defensive rookie of the year over Jalen Carter this season. Those injuries are so impactful. And so otherwise, I looked at this Monday and I thought, maybe I do need to be on the Saints covering this one. But at the same time, with that injury for Derek Carr, it does seem really worrisome. Yeah, it does. And they've been inconsistent. It's hard to know what we're going to get. What are some other props? I know you've thrown out a few already. Anything else that you really like or have your eye on for Sunday? I like Rasheed Rice ladders. Uh, so for the record, the Chiefs <laughs> are still using their wide receivers as rotation pieces. Even Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Justin Watson haven't routes on over 80% of my home's dropbacks. You're using all of them. But the way Brian Flores plays defense this year is outstanding for how Mahomes is going to attack. Because remember, last year Mahomes was blitzed on only 20% of his dropbacks. Defensive coordinators know you do not blitz him, Joe Burrow typically, and Dak Prescott. Those are the three guys that have picked you apart historically. And yet, he still led the league, Mahomes, in touchdown 17 against the Blitz last year. Four more than any other quarterback. Fast forward to this year, Mahomes is getting blitzed at a league low rate, 15% of his dropbacks. Again, DCs usually know. But now you go to Bride Flores, who has said in the past that it's been based on the talent of the quarterback into how he plays defense. But that hasn't been the case, because whether it's against Justin Herbert or Bryce Young, the Vikings have finished top two in Blitz rate every single week in the league. And so if we are, if we can set it to our calendar and pick what the defense is going to do against Mahomes, he's going to dice the Vikings, who I actually think will punch up. They've showed us so far that they just play to their level of competition. But at the same time, we think Mahomes is going to have a lot of success. And if that's the case, Rice is the one who stands out among all the Chiefs receivers quietly because it's been a blowout game scripts for the Chiefs so far. But we can go back to the blowout against the Bears and in the first half, Rasheed Rice ran equal, literally the same amount of routes as Sky Moore as the team's third receiver. Then you go to last week in a one-score game script, somehow, with Zach Wilson playing the best game of his career, and Rasheed Rice runs just two fewer routes than Sky Moore. And the fact is, he's earning targets at the fifth highest rate in the league among all receivers, not just Chiefs guys, and he has a higher target share than Sky Moore as the team's third wideout. So if that's the case and Mahomes is picking apart the Vikings, I think Rice is the one who's quietly going to be successful. 
And from when you know about uh, Rasheed Rice, because I'm not sure everyone is familiar with his body of work, where did he go to college? I, I knew you knew, Edward. I knew it. <laughs> he did. I he did go to where? SMU, didn't he? He went that? to the great yeah. SMU and worked out with Patrick Mahomes at Apex Gym in <laughs> Fort Worth. And I believe, honestly, that's mm-hmm. the only reason they took mm-hmm. Rice was because Mahomes worked out with him. But get get where you get, kid. That's okay. Oh, wow. Hey, yeah. you know what? Relationships, your LinkedIn profile, doesn't matter. As long as you get out there, that's the goal. So uh, happy yeah. for him. And you're right. Like, he will be a critical part of that offense. I want to ask you about uh, Giants and Dolphins because we got a 12.5 point spread here. And given how poorly the Giants have played defensively and how well the Dolphins have played offensively, I know there will be a lot of folks out there with the temptation to blindly bet overs when it comes to Dolphins props. But are there any you would be careful with or maybe some where you like the under as far as the Dolphins are concerned? Darius Slayton receiving yards is one that stands out as an under because he's running all the routes, but it hasn't mattered whatsoever so far. It's just that this Giants offense, one with the Bengals, the only two offenses in the league right now who haven't scored a touchdown in the first half. They've been absolutely dreadful. Uh, Maybe it's Andrew Thomas. Maybe it's Daniel Jones. Maybe it's the play calling. Maybe it's the schedule. Either way, they did seem like a team that was going to regress this season, and it's happening in full force right now, and their schedule really doesn't let up. Darius Slayton, although he ran fewer routes as a whole at the end of the game than both Jalen Hyatt and Wondell Robinson last week, he was actually in on 100% of Daniel Jones' dropbacks in the first half. He's just not earning targets right now because they have no time to drop back and get him the ball downfield. So he'll be active. He'll play some snaps. But in his range of outcomes is also Wondell and Jalen Hyatt just playing more than him, given that no one's earning targets right now, except for Wandale, who has a three and a half yard depth of target. His job is to literally run right in front of the line of scrimmage and stay there as a safety valve. So even like receiving yards over are very hard to get there. But that's kind of it for the over in that game is that we need another 70 point dousing. Otherwise, even though Vic Fangio's defense has historically taken a while to kick back in and become an efficient unit, um, it's just hard right now to to pinpoint and over for that team, given how poor the Giants have been on offense. So I know it was the Broncos last week, but it was pretty surprising to see that Justin Fields was your passing leader last Sunday, a, a, a market that you can bet into. Is there any off-the-radar quarterback you think, because of the matchup, they potentially could be Sunday's passing leader? Oh, this one caught me off guard. Zach, uh, I, I Zach would, Wilson? I would. So Zach Wilson's one. <laughs> you, you really I think don't he know. Um, I don't like betting until like the one time in your entire career you look good on primetime. That's like the one right. situation I've heard to stay yeah. away with. Having said that, like this Broncos defense did clearly like kick Justin Fields back into shape. Like Justin Fields even last night on Thursday looked incredible. Pinpoint throws. Yeah. Uh, Luke Getzey gave him his highest design share of rushing carries since last year. Like they're running the offense the way it should have been run. And I don't know why it took him looking like Joe Namath against the Broncos to get it back into shape. But no, um, my actually my off the wall one would instead be Anthony Richardson. And yes, yes. he threw he threw for a 44% completion rate last week. So it's ugly. I get it. But it's just a fact of what 
this Titans defense has allowed through the air, minus Joe Burrow, who we mentioned, they blitzed and he couldn't get the ball off. But Anthony Richardson is going to get the ball off. He will get the ball downfield. What happens when he gets the ball downfield? I don't know. It's, it's your best guess. But we do think he can still have success. And plus the way the Colts and Shane Steichen's coaching this team, it just lends us to so many overs. Like I think how early in the year, it's still a great time even this week to bet Texans covering their line because they're a much better team than even the numbers are, are given credit for. The Colts games are going to go over consistently just because they're running no huddle at the highest rate. They're they're tied for plays. They're 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 top two right now in plays per game in the NFL, and they're still tied for the league lead in drives per game as well. And they they have this Superman quarterback who's still figuring it out through the air. So if he can figure it out through the air as a dark horse bet in this spot against the Titans at home, so we get indoor field as well. That seems to be the one I would be on. Good stuff. Good stuff. John Daigle of 4 for 4 Football and Bet Spurts. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Nico Collins, for getting me our money back this week, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Just stay on that train. You're muted, Aaron. (laughs) One unit. I'm back on, but I'm not going to bet as much as last time. (laughs) One hat. (laughs) A hat, right. Please play responsibly. We've learned our lesson. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the Chiefs-Vikings line continues to drop. We'll get to that as well as the Ravens and the Steelers right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.